Bienvenidos. Capítulo 40. Sorry, sorry. Episode 40. Listeners, we're back. There is no Hedwig's droppings this week, I'm afraid. Um, Lucas is unwell. Like Mark Fowler, he's got the virus, but he's not got the disease. <laughs> Um, yeah, what a what a rip roaring episode this is. Uh, it's episode forty. I had a a lot of fun editing it. I think you're gonna have a lot of fun listening to it. Uh, if you're enjoying the show, please leave a review. Tell your friend. I mean it. Go up to one of your friends. Tell them in detail how much you laugh. Even if they're not interested in Harry Potter, tell them anyway. Spread the joy. And if you want to support us even further, why not visit patreon.com forward slash pottervision to check out exclusive content, uh, bonus episodes, and just to support us generally. Um, and if you'd like to see the Pottervision boys on tour, why not go to pottervision.com and there's a list of all our tour dates there. We are getting around the country. Uh, we're coming to your doorstep, more or less. Oh, anyway, here's episode 40. afternoon or evening and welcome to the Potter Vision podcast, the podcast where every week Tom Lawrence and this man opposite me and myself, Lucas Kirkby, mm. we look at a chapter from the Harry Potter books. Mm. This week we're on episode 40. Ooh. The Ruby episode, you might say. 40. There we go. <laughs> it wouldn't be the anniversary episode without some Spanish numbers. We're on book three, The Prisoner of Azkaban, chapter five, The Dementor. Oh my God, you're scaring me. Oh, Tom. Yeah. How are you feeling in your soul this week? Well, how am I feeling? Um, I've been tired. I've been stretched thin. Mm I've been batted around. Yeah. Busy schedule. Yeah. Ich auch. Me too. Ich auch. Mm. That beautiful saying. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that is music to my ears. Well, Tom does Spanish, so I'll do a bit of German. Um, yeah, I've been gigging, I've been working, I've been exercising, I've been trying to do it all. But I tell you what, something always falls behind. And what falls behind, Lucas? Diet. Yes. I I normally take a packed lunch to work, but do you know what? I've been, this week, I've been a greedy little boy, and I've been going to Tesco Express every day, and I've been getting a meal deal. Oh, and I tell you what, I've been a bit greedy with it. I'm not greedy, you can only have three items. I've gone for big items. Go on, what are you going for? Chicken club. The chicken sandwich. club sandwich? There's three slices of bread in that sandwich. I thought chicken club would be like just a massive drumstick <laughs> that looks like a club. No, no. <laughs> right, chicken club sandwich. What's that? Chicken lettuce. Bacon. Bacon. Cheese. Tomato. Slice of bread. The same again. Yeah. Slice of bread. Cut in half. Should be a club mm. I got, a, <laughs> I got a pack of uh, Walkers salt and vinegar squares. Yummy! Oh yeah. God yeah. Yeah. And then I got some kind of berry smoothie. Oh yeah. Because I was thinking maybe there's some vitamins in that. Yeah. That's Hopefully. where your five a day is coming from. I eat it at my desk. Mm. <laughs> 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 that was the vitamins then you heard in the middle. But um, I've not only, but I still find time to educate my family. Oh, right, yeah. <laughs> my sister pops round yeah. last night, right? Mm-hmm. She calls me on my phone. It's 9 pm. I ignore it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As you would, wouldn't you? 9 pm is cut off point. <laughs> yeah. I'm looking at TV. Yeah. Right? She calls again. I go, she must be lonely. Yeah. Yeah. Ignore it. <laughs> Yeah. She, calls, she calls a third time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got myself, well, someone's clearly dead. Yeah, you've got to... If it rings three times from someone you don't normally get a call from, yeah. you have to answer. Especially when it's like, you know, like chain ringing. Mm-hmm. You know, when it rings, stops, and then rings. Yeah. They need to talk to me. Yeah. <laughs> I answer. Yeah. What you want. Yeah. yeah. Standard. She says, I'm at Tesco now uh, with my baby. 
uh, baby Esther, my niece, can we come round for uh, like a quick cup of tea and a chat? And I was like, yeah, all right then. You know, a little busy. Yeah. I think she was trying to tie up my niece out for bed. Brilliant. She's had an excited day. Um, baby comes round. Yeah. Yeah. We're having a cup of tea and a chat. Mm-hmm. Bossy little baby. Oh, yeah. Bossy. Two and a half years old, walking around, a bit bossy. I've got a balloon, I give it her, and it floats to the ceiling. Yeah. And then she says, in baby talk, she, like, she wants to say the word, get it down. Yeah. But she's going like this. She's going, get it down, get it down, like yeah, that. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I know she can talk properly. Yeah. So my, my sister's letting it slide. Yeah. <laughs> I think, no, I've got a duty. Yes. As her uncle, if she yes. sees every now and then. Yes. To snip this in the foot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I go, I go, say it properly. What do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? And she says it properly. She goes, get it down. There and you then go. did you reward the behaviour by getting it down? Yes. Brilliant! That's the thing. Very, that's good parenting, that. For, well, my sister said, stop it, leave her alone. <laughs> yeah. But, you know... you got to do if it. If someone had done that to me when I was a little kid, I'd be able to talk properly now. Exactly. Mm. How about you? What have you been up to? <laughs> I have too been busy. Uh, you're damn... <laughs> yes, I've been... Yeah, you're damn bien muy busy do. Uh, yeah, it's just been busy. I've been working. I've been. I did a, an all-day comedy marathon. I organised that for charity. Mm-hmm. We've raised over eight hundred pounds for uh, the Ronald McDonald uh, charity, which gives free burgers to children in hospital. No, it doesn't. It gives accommodation to families of children in hospital. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, then Monday I was doing something. Tuesday I was doing something. Oh, Wednesday. God. And now it's Thursday. And after this, this is we're Jueves. Jueves. It's about nine o'clock at night. Yeah. And uh, after this, I'm going to drive to Wales because I'm having my car MOT done. And uh, look. I've been living in this country of England <laughs> since I was 18 years old. Nearly eight years I've been here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But look, yeah, yeah. mum knows a man she trusts <laughs> with a car. <laughs> so every time, every 12 months, I drive to Wales and uh, Peter the mechanic. Shout out if you're listening, Peter. How you doing, boy? Be careful. Uh, <laughs> I was, um, I drive to Wales and he sorts out my motor. Mm-hmm. Can I tell you a horrible story? I don't know if I've told this on the podcast Life before. Life has lost. Life has Lucas Kirkby. Busy, 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 busy. Comedy sports had one. McDonald's had two. Busy, 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 busy. busy. <laughs> Go on. I don't know if I've ever told this story, but it's quite traumatic. Right? Oh, perfect start for a podcast. Yumma, yumma. Indulge me. When I was about 18, you might know this, I did a rap video for charity at my cafe still, where I worked. Still available on YouTube if you want to have a gander at that, listeners. Search for Express Delivery, the Cafe Express uh, rappers, and you see a rapper did about working in a cafe. Uh, but there was a man who saw that video, who was a regular at the cafe, and he was a tattoo artist, uh, and he had something to do with boxing as well. So he sees the video of the cafe, the rap in the cafe, and he says, "Hey, I want you to do something like that, like a funny rap video to promote my tattoo parlor." Mm-hmm. Right. So he lived in Clifton near Manchester, and I was moving to Manchester. How old were you? Eighteen. Uh, I was eighteen years old, right? And I went right. I got the bus. I went to his tattoo parlor. And he showed me round, and he says, this is what I want you to do. I want you to write a little script. So he'd script. seen it on YouTube from being like, and he's in Manchester. He had no connection to Clondonno. He, he did. He used to go there on the weekends. Oh, he used to go there. Sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, said he used that. to go there on the weekends with his daughter, and he'd seen the video, loved it, and he wanted it. So so I'd gone round, I'd had a look, and I'd written a first draft of yeah. this script. It was, like, it was like a news reporter, and then it turned into a rap. And I emailed it to him, right? And I got no response mm. at all for weeks, months, emailing, emailing, no response, right? So I think, well, whatever, he either didn't like it or was not interested anymore, whatever. So a few months go by, and that Christmas, I go back to work at the cafe for the holidays. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The daughter turns up to the cafe and tells them that the man was fixing his own car and it crushed him to death. And that's why he hadn't been replying to me email because he was dead. <laughs> what do you think to that? 
It's a crazy world, isn't it? <laughs> oh my god. Anyway, ready for the chapter rundown? <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> it's crazy that, isn't it? That is meant I can't believe you never told me that before. Have I never told you that story? No. It must have happened just before we met. I was about 18, 19. It would have been about 20, 2013, 2014 that happened. God. I heard I heard that apparently there's a rumour going around that he was re he was like working under his car and his laptop under there with him. Oh yeah. And the email popped up. <laughs> Don't do this to me. And then uh He was laughing so hard he Opposite. The opposite. He started groaning and moaning that oh. the uh, the car buckled. No, his daughter runs in, whips out the laptop, reads it, and she says, what a crushing bore. <laughs> Don't blame this on me. I couldn't live with the guilt. Indirect <laughs> murder. <laughs> oh, Give us that rundown. All right, here we go. Chapter five, The Dementor. Harry and the gang get ready to go to platform nine and three quarters and two blokes from the Ministry of Magic escort them in these lovely green cars. Mm -hmm. They get on the train, there's no drama, but they get into a cabin with a man who's got RJ Lupin written on his suitcase and Hermione reckons he's the new Defence Against the Dark Arts teacher. But he's asleep. Anyway, next thing... The train comes to a juddering stop. The lights go out and on board comes a Dementor. It's like a big floating black cloaked, black hooded thing with horrible scabby fingers. And it sucks the life out of Harry and his eyes go in his head and he faints and he hears a scream. But when he's slapped awake, he couldn't, you know, everyone else says they couldn't hear a scream. What's that going on about? Anyway, Lupin's awake, he gives him some chocolate to help him, and he says it's a Dementor. They're one of the guards from Azkaban Prison. But why he only attacked Harry, we don't know. Anyway, they arrive at Hogwarts, he's checked over by Madame Pomfrey, they go to the Great Hall, and uh, they all have a good time. And it turns out that not only is Lupin the new Defence Against the Dark Arts teacher... The new care of magical creatures teacher is none other than Rubius Hagrid. And then they all go to bed and Harry's excited to be back at home at school. And that was the Dementor. What a frightening chapter. Oh, it gave me the willies. <laughs> it was very, very scary. Flash... Backwards the night before. Oof, that'd be scary as well. Being flashed backwards. <laughs> what a bottom. Just see a big bum. Harry goes to bed after eavesdropping. Yeah. He bumps his head. But he can get up in the morning. Yeah. He's awoken by a toothless Tom, isn't he? Why are they offering that service? <laughs> <laughs> Why is the proprietor of the hotel... <laughs> Walking into the bedroom and shaking a little boy away. <laughs> Surely Ron should be doing that, all the Weasleys or whatever. Um, is it just for namesake or are you actually completely toothless, Tom? <laughs> I have to say, I love these wake-up calls. <laughs> Imagine. <laughs> I think the mirrors you'd wake him up. Imagine Mr Weasley walking in going, what are you doing in here, Tom? <laughs> Tom, what are you doing here? And, uh, pardon the word, hunched over Harry. <laughs> that joke about my ump? No. Why is Hedwig screaming her lungs out? <laughs> the mirror's cart doesn't know where to look. <laughs> oh, the things I've seen, Mr Weasley. <laughs> That's why his hair's a mess. He had his teeth knocked out, but he likes it even more. <laughs> Um, but let me tell you this, Ron yeah. bursts in, putting on some clothes. Yeah. Doesn't even give Harry a good morning. No. You can say what you want about the Dursleys, but they taught Harry manners. That's yes. not something Harry would do. No. It's a Weasley exclusive, that is. Yeah. Bad manners. I think it's one of the themes of this chapter. I mean, that's the thing about Harry, is he is sometimes a bit abrupt and says what he thinks, but actually... He must have had some kind of good upbringing because he is polite. Yeah, very polite. And he knows the way of doing things. Mm. Mm. That the Weasleys do not. 
some ways these do not. Now, Crookshanks, she bursts into the scene, and yeah. she? she's all tied up or in like a wicker cabinet or whatever. Oh, yeah, yeah. What an awful name for a cat. I only, I don't think I mentioned it when no. def, uh, Hermione first purchased uh, the cat, but Crook Shanks. When I first read that as a boy, I was like, what am I reading here? Crook's Hanks. Crook Shanks. Yeah. I was like, I'd never seen that before. Yeah. And, like, I was trying to look up the etymology of it on some Potter website. Yeah. Couldn't find anything. So I used my own brain. I thought, what is a crook? A thief or a criminal. A criminal, yeah. And what's a shank? A knife that you make at prison. And that's what you want to call your cat? Or is that a shiv? Yeah, yeah no, it's a shank yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah. Shiv and a shank. <laughs> Pardon? <laughs> <laughs> what have you been doing? <laughs> shiv and a shank. Well, yeah, I wouldn't call my cat that, would you? Well, it's not a very catty name. Like, most cats are called, like, you know, Snuffly or Puggy Wugs. Tuffly. Yeah. Titney. Oh, your cat was called Poppy, wasn't it? No, no, my hamster's called Poppy. My cat was called Fluffy. I thought your hamster was called Ploppy. No, I thought you were just calling her that as a joke. I thought, because hamsters don't stop plopping. No, she's called Poppy. <laughs> I thought you were calling her Ploppy as a joke. Um. Now, they get the hog... Not the Hogwarts, the Ministry's cars to take into the station, don't they? Oh, yeah. Imagine this world. Yeah. A wizard. Mm-hmm. Right? Do anything. Flights. <laughs> yeah. You can, like, you know, live in the wilderness, live on your own means. And the job you're given is driver. Driver. <laughs> I know. Do you know what I mean? Oh, they can't be that good at magic. The only possible explanation I could think of was that maybe they're like a squib type and it's a better alternative than janitor, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Driver in the magical yeah. world. You get a little yeah. magic car, get to scoot about. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. He's, he's still a servant, aren't you? Yeah. Rarely do they have wizards who are like servants to each other. No, that's true. Yeah, because they seem to be like butler people for the ministry. Hmm. There must be a lot of people who've gone to Hogwarts and been horrendous. And have just like failed their exams or whatever. <laughs> and what are they going to do now? Or even got expelled. They talk about expelling students all the time. Yeah, maybe yeah. they just don't mention it in the books. But maybe there's a large amount of students. Do you know what I mean? Because it's not the Hogwarts books, is it? It's Harry Potter, so they're only focusing on them. Yeah, maybe yeah. There's a large amount of students getting expelled constantly. Oh, I'd love that. Would you? Yeah, you, you'll be on the train home tomorrow. <laughs> you turn up, there's about ten other kids with you. Mm. You've been expelled too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, ma- bloody hell, imagine the, uh, the structure of that. But imagine the money they're making on that trolley. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Ooh, selling those cauldron cakes. 40 children in the first year. 30 children in the second year. <laughs> there's only two kids in seventh year. When so I, it's like bloody Takeshi's castle. I, whittling them down every round. When I first, uh, my first day at uni, we had a... Um, like, like an induction lecture, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They brought in all the first years. Yeah. <laughs> this is mad. The uh, the dean of the school, or maybe it was like the, the head of the year, I don't know what who the hell it was, but whoever yeah. was giving the speech, she goes, look left. Yeah. Look right. Yeah, look up first next year. Yeah. And she goes, one of them people well, you will not be seeing in second year. <laughs> it's true though, isn't what, it? What an encouraging sentiment. Yeah. <laughs> was the idea to like get you to knuckle down I don't but you wouldn't think that person would be you would it because no. if you're already there on day one especially in that introduction uh, lecture you're yeah. not thinking you, you're thinking I'm going to have a good go at this yeah yeah like you do at the beginning of every school year yeah yeah I'm going to do all my homework on time I'm going to keep my pencil case clean yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> you have good intentions mm. but even in our friendship group at uni which only was about six or seven people Two of them didn't make it to the end. Mm. One dropped out after one year and one dropped out after two years. God, I hope they're all right. Don't know. (laughs) It's always weird, I think, being in a car driven by a stranger. Yeah, how can you trust them? Yeah, like, I always feel a bit uneasy in a taxi just because I don't know who the person is. But I remember being a kid, I was in a milk advert once... Uh, it didn't end up on TV, but it was filmed and submitted to the... It was like a government advert. And the whole idea of it was to encourage people and children to drink milk, right? And the advert was, 
the whole setup was the like the end of the advert was the fact that we'd kicked a ball so far because we drank loads of milk. <laughs> so in the advert, you see us walking across these hills and across the countryside for ages, miles and miles, and then we end up at this old man's house, <laughs> and we knock at the door and he opens and we say, "Can we have our ball back, please?" <laughs> and then it's like drink milk; it makes kids strong and stuff like That's that. It's a good advert. Yeah, yeah, I've, I've still got it on a VHS video. Would love to see that. Yeah. And they submitted it to, like, I don't know, the panel or whatever. And it, it didn't get, like, put on TV. But I was about six at the time. Six? Six or seven. I was very, very young. And none of my parents or anybody came with me to film. I was just under the kind of, like, under the care of the people who were doing the, making the advert. So I remember I was chaperoned by this... Uh, this producer yeah. who smoked non-stop. And I remember being sat in the middle of a car. Smoking in a car? Yeah, with them smoking in the car. And that's, that smell is still in my memory. I remember that. It's being the worst, in that, isn't it? I just remember sitting in this car as a kid being like, I don't know anyone here. I'm here doing this advert and uh, it smells horrible. <laughs> but yeah, I've got the advert somewhere. I was in a few. I was in that, and then I was in a film where I was in the evacuee. Oh, yeah. It was called Henry and May, and I was in a little church waiting for waiting to be picked up by. Any money? For that milk advert, yeah. I was about seven years old, and I got two hundred quid. That's good. Yeah. What did you do? And I've money? never spent it. Have you not? No, no. I, well, I put it in the bank. I probably have spent it. So it just accumulated. It went to my savings. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh my god! What about the uh, the other bit? No, I didn't get a penny for that. No. That was like well, there were loads of us doing that as extras. Whereas in that milk advert, there was only two of us. But can I tell you how I got how I got it? Let me guess. Can I guess? Go on. Um, typical trip to the supermarket for Lucas Kirkby. <laughs> he was caught in the in the dairy aisle, glugging milk. <laughs> That should have been how it was. So, uh... Look, listeners, I don't know if you need me to say this, but Lucas Kirkby loves milk. I, I love it! <laughs> and I will happily endorse it nationally on a television programme. Like, it's not even as if they've got someone like, oh, he's not joking about with milk. Yeah, yeah. He loves milk. <laughs> i tell you how I got it, right? The, the company were coming to my drama club to... Audition people, right? And I thought, oh, I know a joke about milk that I've seen on James Bond. Oh, yeah, what was it? On GoldenEye, the, there's, a, like, a nerd who has a password on his computer and he says, it's like a riddle, right? Yeah. So I turn up to these people and say, here's me, here's me, I've got a joke about milk. I say, uh, what gives milk to babies and helps you open doors? Knockers. Knockers. Yeah. And they pissed themselves laughing and that's what got me the advert. Really? Yeah, yeah. I suppose it would be funny if a child said that to you. I think seeing a seven-year-old boy say knockers, knowing full well what they are. Knockers is a funny word. Yeah, knockers. For any overseas listeners who aren't sure, knockers is a a humorous term for breasts. Because they knock together, is that why? Don't know. Because they look like door knockers? I don't know. (laughs) What have you been looking at? <laughs> <laughs> Jacob Marley's. I had an audition when I was a little boy. Yeah. And uh, I had an audition to be in an advert for, um, I don't know, I think it was like a toilet duck uh, mm-hmm. thing. So we got on the train to Manchester. We came to Manchester mm-hmm. for the audition. And my parents, they failed to tell me, as is their way, yeah. what we were doing. <laughs> Right, <laughs> right. Okay. So I was like five years old or something. Yeah. Maybe four years old. And so we're going to some like, we're in this waiting room and there's all these other little kids there, mm-hmm. like with their parents. And there's like, you know, like being all whatever. I'm a shy little boy. Yeah. I was tremendously shy as a boy. Yes. I, do you think I'm shy now? No. I think I am. Mm-hmm. I can I can show off, but when it comes to talking to strangers, I can't do it, can I? Right, no, yeah, fair enough. Because um, you know me. <laughs> yeah. And so we go in, and yeah. they're like, oh, we want you to say this. And I'm like, and I remember being so phased by the whole thing. There's a toilet there, yeah. and I, the task is to flush the toilet and then say something. Yes. Yeah. Actually, it's a pretend toilet. It's a drawing on a bit of, like, um, yeah. I don't know, thingy paper. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Sugar yeah. paper. Right. And so... 
like I'm, I'm like a deer in headlines. Yeah. And then we get on the train back to Blackpool, <laughs> where we're, yeah. we're from, and that was it. But there's a lesson for you. If you're going to take your child to an audition, make sure they know, one, what an audition is, yeah. and two, what they're doing. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think that would have helped you massively, had you known in advance? Or would that have made you more nervous? Well, I don't think it would have made me nervous because I was no. a little boy. Right, yeah, yeah, and yeah. What, yeah. Mm. Think, things could have been so much different for you and I. We could have been known as the milk and toilet duck boys. <laughs> that we could be sat here right now. And people are like, oh, have you heard of that new Harry Potter <laughs> podcast? No, no, who does it? You know, milk and toilet duck. <laughs> ah, well, the comedy double act famous for doing the advert. We'd be like the new Mary-Kate and Ashley. <laughs> milk and toilet duck. <laughs> Coming this summer, milk and toilet duck. <laughs> I don't know if we mentioned this, but we once had a comedy show that I didn't know what you'd called it until we turned up on the day. We were doing a comedy night. Uh, we were going to do half an hour stand-up each. Yeah. I said to Lucas, what do you want me to call it? And he goes, don't mind, whatever. <laughs> so we turn up on the day and I find out that it's called Handsome and Funny. <laughs> with the tagline, one's handsome, the other one's funny. And Tom came on at the beginning and made it very clear that he was the handsome one, not the funny one. And uh, so there was no expectations on him. And then I had to come on and be Mr. Funny. (laughs) And you know what? He delivered. And you know what? Nobody batted an eyelid. Everybody turned around and went, yeah, he is the handsome one. This has been correctly named. Now, they're at a, uh, that station, aren't they? Oh, yeah. And Mr. King's Mr. Weasley's keeping a keen arm on Harry. Yes, yes, yes. He wants no serious black to jump out and whisk him away. Yeah. It must be strange having... They must have a massive sense of responsibility over Harry <laughs> when he's in their care. Because he, who else has he got outside Hogwarts in the wizarding world mm. apart from them? I know Mrs. Weasley treats him like her own son. Mm-hmm. Better, actually, than her own children. She's, I mean, she's got, yes, yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah. Because I think, well, I think you like that, aren't you? Where you, I think because you know your family very well, you just like talk to them like shit sometimes. That's don't the you? thing. I, uh, things about me. Yeah. If you, I'm very familiar with someone, I'm yeah. not that great of a fan of saying please. Mm. So if we were together, I'd be like, oh, pass me that. Yeah. And it doesn't matter, does it? Yeah. But some people are like, say please. Say please. Yeah. Like, what is this? Why do I have to be subservient to you? Yeah. Are we not friends? Are we not family? Now, you'll know I never ask you to say please. But occasionally, I would say about once every three months, I hear a please from you. Oh, yeah. And I don't say it, but I really appreciate that. And I know <laughs> when I hear it, I think... That's taken effort from him but to say that. But my endearment and manners come out in different ways. Yes. Don't they? The regular cash payments you send to me via direct debit. <laughs> Instead of saying yes, I'll say <laughs> Yes. Mut means yes. That's a, that's a nice familiar way of being with someone, isn't it? Yes. Why say yes when you can sound like an uninterested teenager? <laughs> Your tea's ready. <laughs> <laughs> so Mr Weasley Yeah To get onto the platform Yeah He does a Del Boy Oh yeah What does that mean? <laughs> he leans onto the platform And falls through sideways Oh yeah Why does he do that? <laughs> and Harry follows suit Like he copies exactly Yeah 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 I don't want this only fools and horses <laughs> <laughs> Bit of like the book rabbit right now Yeah yeah, what next? Ron's back there with 50 broken lawnmowers. <laughs> yeah, what's next? They're going to be fixing the wrong chandelier at Hogwarts. <laughs> now, Percy, he uh, he rushes off to see his girlfriend. Oh, yeah. Penelope Clearwater. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Ginny and Harry can't help but start laughing. <laughs> what is so funny about that? I think... Man's I... doing well. He's yeah. got a girlfriend. Fred and George don't have girlfriends. Ginny last year was in a relationship with an evil book. Yeah, Who that's ca- true. How can you be laughing at anyone? I think when you're at that age, the idea of people kissing, especially when it's people you know, is very amusing, isn't it? 
<laughs> is it? Or is know. it sexy? Maybe it is sexy. Maybe it's an awkward laugh. Because we're already seeing this kind of nice little connection between Harry and Ginny. Because Harry's not looking at anybody else and laughing. He's looking at Ginny and laughing. I suppose they did have that moment last year where he saved her life. Oh, yeah, and touched her hand romantically while she was unconscious. (laughs) (laughs) They've been through trauma together. They have. It brings you together, that. Do you know what I mean? If you've been through something horrible with somebody, Mm. uh, it does bring you closer together. Now, Harry... Yeah. Mr Weasley drags him off. Oh, yeah. And he says, listen here, he goes... Gonna stop you right there. I already know. <laughs> and he's not scared. Harry's underestimating, like, the idea of a man who wants to kill him. Who, yeah. who was like, he's said to be in the paper the most dangerous man in Azkaban. Yeah. The, to the point where they've alerted the Muggle press. Yeah. And he's like, meh, not bothered. Harry is a nincompoop. Yeah. He's like, oh, serious black. He's never gonna be worse than Voldemort. Harry, Voldemort, for the past two years, in year one was just like a floating fart, mm. and year two was in a book. Yeah. You haven't dealt with Voldemort at full pelt. You haven't dealt with flesh and skin. Yeah. This is a guy who's killed 13 people in one fell swoop, and he's coming after you. But also, like, even though Vo- even though he defeated Voldemort, he should still be scared of him. Yeah. That's like he's saying, oh, I'll only be scared of someone that's worse than the worst wizard of all time. I know. Mental. Yeah. Oh, Pol Pot's nothing to me. (laughs) (laughs) He's not exactly Hitler, is he? (laughs) Listen, don't underestimate Pol Pot. (laughs) (laughs) That's what it's like, though, isn't it? Um, And then even even to be worse, the cheeky little (laughs) fucker, (laughs) (laughs) Mr Weasley goes, I want you to promise me, I want you to give me a word. And before he can, like, finish what he's saying, Harry goes, that I'll be a good little boy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> he's so rude. Because you are a little boy. Yeah. You're going to school for education. Yeah. He's like, oh, oh, my God. That I'll be a good little boy. <laughs> I promise to be a good little boy. <laughs> How can he be so rude to someone who's like... He doesn't really know Mr. Weasley very well. Mm. Only met a few times. You've got to be respectful to your friend's dad. (laughs) But he's like, he's like, why would I go looking for someone who's trying to kill me? Later on in the in the chapter, when Ron and Hermione are like, "What? You know, you better be careful, Harry." You know, and he goes, "I don't go looking for trouble." Yes, you do. Yes, you do. The past two years, dumbass. Yes, you do. You've gone you out on own. your own and done stuff. You cut non-stop. You are out looking for trouble. Oh, it wasn't me who brewed that polyjuice potion and poured it down my yeah. own neck. It was trouble. <laughs> Brewing polyjuice potions. Getting up at midnight to duel Malfoy. Keeping a dragon for Hagrid. Going into the Forbidden Forest to meet spiders. Going down a trap door to get the Philosopher's Stone. Going in your invisibility cloak to find the Mirror of Erised every night. Harry, you're getting up to shit every week. Drugging two boys in your year. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, take a look at yourself, Harry. Now, in the continuing the theme of how these Weasleys have no manners... Yeah. Harry goes to Ron and Hermione, I need to tell you something. And Ginny says, Ginny says like something like, oh, can I come? Or maybe even nothing. Yeah. But Ron says to Ginny, go away, Ginny. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Yeah. You left me isolated for a year yeah. last year and I got w- into a whirlwind like yeah. catastrophe that was yeah. that diary. And now... He's doing it again. Yeah. Go away. She's a year younger than your pal. She, you should be nice to her. Or Fred and George, horrible to you and leave you isolated. Having said that, I just realised in the first book, Ron is on his own in the carriage. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Can yeah. I sit here? All the others are full. Brothers didn't sit with him in the carriage. Horrible, aren't they? Yeah, three months later, and they're continuing to treat Ginny like dog mess. Mm. Go away, Ginny. Why can't Ginny listen to that? Well, I suppose she might get scared hearing about Sirius Black. They're in a, a trustworthy. Compa- you what, sorry? Ginny's trustworthy. 
Yeah, I think she is. She didn't tell anybody about what Voldemort had planned last year. She didn't tell anyone about her strangling them chickens. Very, very true. Good to keep a secret. I must confess something. I've been joking. Chickens. <laughs> Pattern? <laughs> yeah. They're in a compartment with uh, Lupin, aren't they? Yeah. And uh, I think it's, it'd be very odd, wouldn't it, to have a teacher on the school bus? But I think in, in our school, in one bus, a teacher used to get the school bus with the kids. But that saved a bit of money. A hundred percent. You wouldn't have had to pay a penny. But I just think it's odd to be on a school bus with teachers. Because our bus at school, we used to do all sorts, like food fights and... People used to throw stuff out the window and do, like, roly-polies down the aisles. Well, also, if you're the teacher, you've then got a new job of being the bus monitor, haven't you? Oh, yeah, you've got to control all the behaviour. Like, you can't... Do you ever do things that, as a a teacher, do you ever see things and just ignore it because you can't be asked dealing with it? All the time, yeah. (laughs) You turn a blind eye, yeah. If there's anything like... Because there'll be some rules that you... Mm don't really have any issues with. Like, for instance, some rules at the schools I've worked have problem with, like, your uniform has to be a certain way or your hair has to be a certain way or you shouldn't have your coat on in the corridor or you shouldn't do this, this and this. But all of those I would ignore. If I saw things like uh, a fight or somebody being horrible, I'd intervene then. Or somebody being rude or something. But apart from that... Two lads having a fight. What yeah. are you doing? Are you jumping in there? Break it up? I shout. If what, they don't you, break you, up, I'll physically get in the middle of them. Have you had to shout before? Very rarely. I've been, I've been at this one school for five years and I think I've only shouted twice. What do you do? Oi! Hey! Yeah, it'll be a quick, sharp oi. Do you want to hear it? Really? No. No. Okay. Next door, yeah. Um, it'll be a quick, sharp oi, yeah. It'll be a, a loud, sharp oi and then a deep... Serious voice. <laughs> so it'll be... Oh, if I see either of you doing this again, there'll be big trouble. Just want to say, sir, love the Chode song. Thank you. <laughs> Off you go. <laughs> oh, no, it's a Chode. <laughs> but how, Lupin, is it trying to say that Lupin is, it you know, fallen on hard times? That he can't get to Hogwarts a different way. No, I just think it makes perfect sense. I think a lot of the other teachers go there early to set yes. things up. But yes. maybe he was doing something else. Fair enough. But they give him this thing of like, he looks shabby, his clothes look shabby, he looks ill, he looks tired. Yeah. They're setting him up as being a bit of a, I don't know... Tramp. Not necessarily a tramp, but, uh, you know, someone who's... I don't know, not very conscious about how they look. Mm. Mm. I remember them kind of people. Yeah, yeah. definitely. They were very interesting, weren't they? Because they focused more yeah. their uh, attention on, you know... Other things. Yeah. Being a good person. Having a good personality. Yeah, definitely. Not shallow. No. Ron. No. Yeah. I would never talk about somebody <laughs> while they were asleep. <laughs> Because you never know when they're going to be half asleep, just resting their eyes. How's this man sleeping through all this chatting? It's mental, isn't it? <laughs> but Ron... Ron turns around and he goes, bet one good hex would finish him off. <laughs> well, first of all, Ron, don't be talking to that man while he's asleep, talking about him. Secondly, a good hex would finish anybody off. <laughs> there are hexes that kill people. One good hex would finish him off. Could be talking about anybody. <laughs> <laughs> um, when um, Hermione's like God please don't go looking for him Yeah uh, Harry Ron interrupts And he goes How thick would he have to be Yeah 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 Ron hisses Yeah He does it every year Ron Hissing No 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 <laughs> Like going looking for trouble Oh yeah yeah He does He goes looking for You yeah. know The baddie in the first book And the second yeah. book That's how thick he, He'd have to be exactly as thick as he is Yeah <laughs> And it's like Ron, you know that, so you're just calling him thick. You're just insulting him. It's like saying, I don't know, we go to Edinburgh every year. It's like somebody saying, in front of us, how stupid would you be to go to Edinburgh? We don't... As stupid as us. Stupid. We do that. Are we stupid? Oh. Oh. <laughs> um, now, they start talking about Hogsmeade. Harry... 
I'll tell you a bit before this. Please. A sneaker scope goes off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It says someone's dodgy in the room. We think it might be... Do we want to do spoilers? Lupin. Or scabbers, I was thinking. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, So to remedy this, it's making a noise. They don't want Lupin to wake up. I thought it was the Dementors. Oh, maybe it is the Dementors. I don't know. But um, it's because it's making a noise. They don't want to wake Lupin up, right? It says Harry puts the sneaker scope into one of Uncle Vernon's Mm -hmm. worst pairs of old socks. Yeah. Implying that Harry still wears Uncle Vernon's old socks that he's got. Harry has had two weeks at Diagon Alley. He is in possession of a fortune. Last week, he was considering buying a solid gold gobstone set. And he's not thought to buy some socks for himself. (laughs) Because, especially that... Harry is a little boy. Yeah. Vernon Dursley is a giant man. Yeah. These socks would not fit him. They'd be hanging off him. Vernon Dursley is definitely a 7 to an 11, isn't he? Yes. Size sock. Yes. Whereas Harry Potter, you're talking 13 years old. 1 to (laughs) 5. Definitely. I just don't understand. He's bought himself new robes. They're pooling at the bottom of his shoe. (laughs) He's not bought himself a pair of socks. Or the fact that... In fact, if you gave me some socks Mm. and I wore them, I wouldn't consider them your old socks. I'd consider them my socks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Perhaps he's just taken a pair of Vernon's old socks as a keepsake. (laughs) When I miss you, I smell them. And it makes me feel at home at Privet Drive. You must never think fondly of the Dursleys, which is sad. Yeah. Do you think with age he might change his mind a bit? You know, like in the last book where they have to move out and stuff. Do you think he feels a bit sorry for them then? They must have had a laugh around telly at some time, because not everything that... Well, they must have been watching telly at one point. Yeah. And Vernon must have said something genuinely just funny. Yeah. He must not have had to have been, like, nasty or anything. And Harry's laughed. Yeah. Yeah, or like they're sitting watching Total Wipeout and they all laugh at one person falling <laughs> yeah. on the big balls. Yeah. Yeah, and having a shared moment where they turn to each other and laugh and then look embarrassedly away. And then they send Harry to bed. <laughs> go to bed! So they start talking about Hogsmeade. Yes. Can't wait to go. Oh. I'm not going. Yeah. Uh, they start talking about all the different things they have there. Yeah. And the one thing that gets... Ron, as excited as anything, is talking about the sweets. Oh, honey jukes. <laughs> he says at one point. Massive sherbet balls that make you levitate off the, a few inches off the ground when you suck them. Ron, can you keep it down, please? <laughs> Ron, can you shut up, mate? You sound a bit dodgy. Hey, you've got these sugar curls you can suck in class. No, 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 no. I want the massive sherbet balls that make you levitate off the floor a few inches when you suck them. <laughs> right. T.L. Massive sherbet balls. You came in... ladies coming back. Everything all right in here? <laughs> you came in my house and you went, I bought you a treat. I go, go on. And you laid out in your hand a massive sherbet ball. I'd go, I'm good. I don't... Like, sherbet, a dab of it, maybe. Yeah, a ball of sherbet. <laughs> a massive ball. <laughs> I'm sucking that. You're levitating inches off the air. <laughs> Malfoy rocks up. Oh, yeah. And I'm afraid to say he's lost it. Yeah. Humour's gone. Yeah. He used to be a funny boy. I don't know, at puberty or something? Like, he comes in... Did you not he... like the died of shock line? No. No. I thought... So, he goes... Heard your father got his hands on some gold in the summer, Weasley. Yeah. Did your mother die of shock? Mm. Because the shame is as well, we know that he's been cooking that line up for a month. He's had ages. It's not an off... If that was off the cuff, you think, fair enough. Mm. Fair enough. But, come on, you've had had time to think of something better than that. Mm. He's lot... You've... Coming in with that, you've... Piss off, mate. You got... You got nothing... Yeah, he should have said something like, Oh, been to Egypt, have you? Bet you're used to that, seeing mummies covered in toilet roll. I don't know, <laughs> mum's smelly, I don't know. 
It's alright. Yeah, it's alright, isn't it? That's come off the top of my head. Oh, I heard you went to Egypt this summer, Ron. You must be very used to getting wrapped up with mummy. Maybe Malfoy is good. <laughs> Maybe we like Ditchy Dive Shock. Now, Ron, he comes out, he goes, I'm not going to take anything from Malfoy this year. You've not any year. <laughs> Ron, year one and two, you had so much self-control. <laughs> are, you, are you saying you're dropping that this year, are you? Like, and also... <laughs> If I'd done something terrible to a set of people, if they were around me and they yeah. like insulted me a bit, let's say I'd like, I don't know, kick the exhaust off your car. Oof, yeah. Pretty penny that, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Mm. And then you came over and you'd spill a drink a bit. I'd let it slide. Yeah, yeah. I'd be like, I don't, you know, like yeah. I've done worse to him or like, you know, you bumped into me or something, that's fine. Or, you know, you left a sweet wrapper in my car, I'd be like, whatever. Yeah. Ron and Harry drugged a couple of boys last year. Yeah. <laughs> Left them in a broom cupboard. Because um, he must have found out about that later on. The Crab and Goyle? There must have been a conversation with Malfoy where Malfoy was like, I, re- I had a conversation with you yesterday. Do you not remember in mm. the common room? What time was it? About six o'clock. Well, we were eating a cake... And then next thing we know, we woke up in a cupboard. With our shoes off. With our shoes off. We don't think that was us. Must have been Harry and Ron. We saw them walking off with our shoes. <laughs> Bloody hell. Him making a quick joke about your mum. Let it slide. You'd feel so invaded someone walking around as you for an hour, wouldn't you? Oh, yeah, horrible. Oh, my God. What did they say? What did they do? Yeah. You'd be worried about your reputation, you know, if they did something daft. You think, it wasn't me that did that. Mm. Oof, horrible. <laughs> um, Hermione hisses, yeah? Hiss this, yeah. hiss that. A lot of hissing going on in this carriage. Yeah. <laughs> we sure Ron and Hermione aren't parcel mouths. Honestly, none of it's coming from the cat. <laughs> <laughs> uh, ne- um, Neville comes in, right? Oh, yeah. As I read it, if you read it plain, it says, Hello, Neville, says Harry. Stephen Fry, when he reads it, yeah. in the audience, but he goes, Hello, Neville. Like that. That's <laughs> a load of stank to it. <laughs> well, there's a weird bit where the lights go off. The carriage stops, the lights go off. Neville comes in in the dark, sits on Crookshanks. It's like a bloody comedy scene. It's like Carry On Hogwarts. Mm. Next thing, Ginny comes in. Hello, who's that? Hello, oh, Ginny, diddle a And then she accidentally sits on Harry. Mm. A sign of things to come. <laughs> and there, you know, it's like a bloody comedy routine in the dark, isn't it? Mm. But then, uh, then the Dementor. Very scary. Turns up. Oof. And this, for me, is a sign of the tone of the books mm. getting darker already. We're only in chapter five. Yes. But I feel like already things are... A shade darker than they have been previously. Oof! These Dementors are described as being faceless, hooded figures. Mm. Their fingers and their hands are silver, wet and scabby. Mm. And then this experience that Harry has had is awful. It's genuinely traumatic. Where he has a fit... He doesn't know what's going on. His eyes roll in the back of his head. He feels cold through his whole body. Yeah. And he hears this scream. Yeah. Genuinely upsetting to read. Screaming. I remember when I was reading this as a boy. Yeah. And then you're like, you can hear a woman screaming. Yeah. I didn't fully put two and two together that he was having like a flashback. Mm-hmm. Why would you? Mm-hmm. I thought a woman on the train was screaming. Well, this is the thing, right? He wakes up after... And he goes, uh, I heard a scream. And they turn around and go, no one was screaming, Harry. Why was nobody screaming? <laughs> a Dementor. They were all a bit too cool. Yeah. <laughs> well, this Dementor, they don't know what they are. It's come in with a cloak. It's, it's up to the roof. Yeah. It has looked at Harry and Harry has had a fit and nobody has said a word. Um, Ginny was sweating a little bit. You're telling me that Ginny hasn't gone, ah! Neville hasn't screamed. Harry is the only one who's acted normal. Yes. And now, because the other ones have uh, 
like not acted in the way he's yes. embarrassed about it yes but like mate you've got nothing to be embarrassed about everyone else is just psychotic don't be embarrassed when like confronted with the grim reaper <laughs> yeah essentially like oh god Ter- terribly embarrassed <sighs> You know, that murderer came into my house with a knife. I shouted. I was a bit scared. I regret it now. I shouldn't have done that. Oh, so I embarrassed myself in front of the wife last night. What happened? Lay in bed. Rapping at the window. Oh, yeah. The curtains yeah. open on their own. Yeah, yeah. Little red claw tapping yeah, away. Yeah, yeah. Hand reaches up and it. Pushes open the window. Yeah. The devil. Devil, right, yeah, yeah. Comes in. Yeah. We, we can't, we, I can't move from shock. Yeah. So embarrassed to start crying. You must have looked a right twat. <laughs> you must feel right stupid after that. The bloody devil comes to get you and take your soul. <laughs> bloody screaming and shouting like a little girl. I don't know what I was thinking. <sighs> My wife wants a divorce. <laughs> Only one year in. Oh. Tell you what happened to me a few years ago. Come. Worked in a bank. Right. I can't believe I'm saying this on a podcast. <laughs> Working in a bank, right? Three men turn up in ski masks, right? Mm. And they've all got a gun. Right? Okay, okay, a bit of fun. They point a gun at me. Yeah. And they say, if you don't put all the money into these bags, yeah. we will shoot you. Yeah. <laughs> you never guess what I did. I'm so embarrassed. <laughs> I said, please don't. Oh. <laughs> that's where you've gone wrong. I know. <laughs> Let me tell you this. Everybody else, they were laughing. A few weeks ago, <laughs> Yeah. I was breaking into someone's house. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Wouldn't you know, the house I was breaking into, yeah. white supremacist. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Drags me out onto the curb yeah. to make an example out of me. Yeah, yeah. And he's got a gun to the back. Of, no, he's got no weapon, actually. Right, right. He, he makes me put my teeth onto the corner of the pavement. Yeah. I'm lay face yeah. down in the road. Yeah. yeah. And then he stamps on yeah. the back of my head. All right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Happens all the time, doesn't it? And what did you do? I died. You died? <laughs> bloody hell, that's embarrassing. <laughs> oh, you bloody died. <laughs> Someone should have filmed it on You've Been Framed, get 250 quid. <laughs> Can't believe you bloody did that. Oh, I tell you what, listeners, the things we tell you for amusement, very embarrassing. Don't repeat <laughs> it. Don't repeat them, please. If anyone else has got any more embarrassing <laughs> stories, like when they were nearly murdered or robbed, let us know. We want to hear these embarrassing tales. They get off. And carriages, a bit of foreshadowing here, are yeah. being pulled by what can only be described as invisible horses. Oh. You notice that? Yes. It is interesting because, and I think this is the same in the films as well, because we later th- find out that these things are called thestrals. Mm. And you can only see a thestral if you've witnessed a death. Mm. So the first thing I thought, well, why ain't Harry seeing a thestral? Because... He was present when his mother died. But I suppose if he was a baby, he probably didn't know what was going on. Mm. But then now he does. Now he knows what's happened. I don't know if... And he remembers it, doesn't he? Because he remembers the green lights. Being a baby. Yeah, the traffic light. (laughs) (laughs) Don't know. Uh, We'll get to that in book three, I reckon. Four or five. One of them. Now, uh, what's he called? Draco runs up again. Oh, yeah. This was interesting. Is it true... It's Longbottom telling the truth. Longbottom? Never. What are you doing telling people's business for? I fainted on the train. Yeah. Why are you going around telling everyone? What is that making you look sexy, is it? Are you making you look hot? Do you think people are going to want to shag you because you've been telling people I fainted? Listen, Harry. <laughs> you went round and stole my identity. <laughs> on a bus. This is payback, bitch. Now I'm going to tell everybody that you fainted on the train, which is true. Unlike the fact that you're called Neville, which is false. Right, watch this. Hi everyone, my name's Neville Longbottom, and uh, I pissed myself. <laughs> oh, he's got me there! 2-1, two, 2-1. One, two, one. I found this scene very interesting. Okay. Because Malfoy is his normal mean self, but then Lupin arrives to calm down the situation, he goes, what's going on here? 
And Malfoy is rude to Lupin. Would you say? He just goes professor and smirks and walks off, doesn't he? Well, professor is in italics, which professor. to me makes him professor. And he stares at him a bit funny. He's a bit stank. Yeah. Which to me, I've, we've not seen that before with Malfoy. He's been quite, he's been buttering up the teachers before now. I'd say. He's definitely not been outright rude. So this, to me, feels like a bit of a, a development into maybe his maturity as a, a dark character, Ooh. as a bad boy. He's been a bit more cheeky. Those hormones, baby. Yeah. These lot, they miss the sorting hat every year. Oh, I'd be gutted. But also, at Hogwarts, right, you don't give anybody any time to settle. You arrive at school and you're instantly in the hall and the ceremony begins. After that train journey, you'd be a bit exhausted. They should have an hour to unpack, relax, have a rest. Because they've only talked, they've gone to talk to McGonagall for about five, ten minutes. And next thing they come back, oh, the sorting's happened. Mm. Couldn't have waited for us five minutes. Mm. Bit of music, you know, starter at the buffet. Then have the sorting ceremony. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Coffee. Coffee. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like go round. What are you? What are the drinks? Pumpkin juice. Would you like? But you know, you've barely sat down, right? Hannah Rabbit, come on, come and get your bloody hell. I've still got my coat on. Come on, Hannah. Bloody hell. She's coming on with a suitcase. She's like bloody hell. I haven't even dropped this off yet. <laughs> Being bloody sorted. <laughs> mm, just difficult. Do it, just do it as we get off the train. Yeah, <laughs> clunking on everyone's head. Mm, very hard to see this one through all the layers of clothing. <laughs> <laughs> They've got on. He's not. Them, yeah, very odd. But yeah, he, they get sent to McGonagall's office, don't they? And Harry, like me, actually hates being made a fuss of. When he's, when, you know, when you're poorly or you've hurt yourself. Yeah. I can't be doing with people fussing over me, do you know what I mean? A little bit of sympathy, yes. But, you know, have you done this? Have you done that? Especially if it's somebody you don't really know. Mm-hmm. You know, like Madame Pomfrey coming up to you, bloody Ugh. checking everything, shoving pills into your mouth. Yeah, I'm not sure I like Madame Pomfrey. I think she means well, but she's very, like... She's one of those people, you always get them at the workplace, where actually they're quite nice, but I think in their job, they just treat it a bit too seriously. And they've probably been in the job too long, so Mm. they kind of resent doing everything. Yeah. Mm. Hagrid has been promoted to uh, the care of magical creatures. Is that right? Yes. Why? Professor. (laughs) This man has only had two years... Two full years of magic training. I hope he's been on a course. If he's not been on a teaching course or a care of magical creatures course, because he's not done any of the syllabus, mm. he's actually, if he's in third year, depending on when he got expelled, he will only have done a few months of care of magical creatures as yeah. a subject. Okay. Three months in, everyone will be more qualified than Hagrid. Yeah, exactly. Well, what? The governor should be turning round to Dumbledore and saying, why has Hagrid been appointed as Professor of Care of Magical Creatures? Well, I will tell you. You see, last year, Hagrid's name was cleared. Was it? Yes, you see, um, Harry Potter went into the Chamber of Secrets. It was found. Right. And he killed the basilisk down there. Okay. So it wasn't Hagrid. How do we know that? Um, Tom Riddle was down there. Was he? Have we got any evidence? No. <laughs> I have this book. That doesn't prove shit. <laughs> what about the fact that he kept werebabies <laughs> under his bed? Could be sick. <laughs> but also, it's not... It's There's not... nothing that proves Hagrid didn't open the Chamber of Secrets. So it's not good enough to say his name was cleared. It's like, oh, there's a new, uh, there's a new maths professor at the University of uh, Manchester. They have no qualifications in maths. Yes, but they're not a nonce. <laughs> My sister said, "Can we go an episode without saying the word nonce?" Only if you cut that bit out. Only if you cut that bit out. 
Do you know what I mean? Just because he's innocent of a crime doesn't make him qualified to teach at Hogwarts. Or Mr. Bean. No. Um, <laughs> let's get them all out there. Austin Powers. <laughs> right. I, lo- I love this line in it. I want to mention this line. Shout out to this line. Uh, Dumbledore says, Professor Kettleburn retired. We shouldn't be saying... Sh- right, we need to change our impression of Dumbledore. From now on, our Dumbledore impression is not going to be, oh, I'm Dumbledore. It's now going to be, ah, Dumbledore, do you have a and name the Goblet of Fire? <laughs> it will be our Michael Gambon version of Dumbledore. Harry Potter. Harry Potter. Harry Potter. <laughs> Professor Kettleburn has been retired. Now Hagrid's the new teacher. Sounds more like Mad Moody. <laughs> well... They're very similar. <laughs> well, what do you want? <laughs> what, do you, what do you want from me? I do a fantastic Petunia. We do a fantastic <laughs> Malfoy. Hey, bear on the roof. Hey, bear on the roof. We can't distinguish between <laughs> Mad-Eye Moody and New Dumby. But yeah, I love this line. He says, Professor Kettleburn has retired in order to enjoy more time with his remaining limbs. Oh, Which I enjoyed. Before they go, before they go to sleep, they go back to the common room. Right, Percy comes in. I know the new password for Tuna Major. And Neville goes, oh no, I can't remember passwords. Remember gossip. (laughs) (laughs) Turns out it's selective memory, is it Neville? Neville, write it down. Get yourself a little book <laughs> and write things down. And then all you have to remember is to have the book. Mm. Don't be standing there going, oh, never going to remember this. Make an effort to remember. Write it down. Say it in your head. <laughs> Fortuna Major, Fortuna Major. Don't you go, oh, that's me not getting in there for another year. Fortuna Major. Exactly. Easy peasy. Right. How many, how many unconscious strange men in a carriage out of five are you going to give this chapter? Um, I like this chapter, actually. Oh, yes. I like the Hogwarts Express. I like... There was a lot of information, actually. We meet Lupin a bit. We don't really know a lot about him. He's still quite mysterious. But we know him a bit. Yeah. We're getting some old faces back. Uh, we actually find out they're called Dementors and we experience a Dementor, which is terrifying, gotcha. but fun. We're back at Hogwarts. Hagrid's been promoted, which is fun. I like this chapter. I'm going to give it a very, very good four unconscious men in a train out of five. Excellent. Mm. Strong chapter. Mm. Myself. That haven't had a bad attitude. Yeah. People rude. No one was being friendly to each other. No one was getting on. Here's some chocolate. I decline. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. You don't get to decline. You eat it and you feel it in your fingers and you feel it in your toes. Yeah. There's music all around us. And the and feeling grows. And the feeling grows. But everyone's mean, throwing yeah. punches, you know, mm. a lot of dialogue. No one listening to each other. For that reason, I give this chapter... One unconscious, oh. sleeping, strange man in the carriage out of five. Oh, he's a harsh mistress. <gasps> quiz, 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 uh, come back to me on that one. Question two. Where did they put the sneaker scope? In one of Vernon's old socks. Correct. What we, year What year was the Goblin Rebellion? 1612. <laughs> He's correct. What, how was McGonagall's hair styled? In a tight bun. <laughs> He's done his own work. What is the new password? Fortuna Major. Okay. So at the beginning of the chapter... They were loading their trunks in the... Uh, in the cars? Not in the car, but, like, down the stairs. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. What was spitting loudly? Oh, what was spitting loudly? 
Oh, honestly, I've got no idea. I'm going to have to guess. Spitting loudly, I'm just going to say a kettle. No. A small wickerwork basket. Oh, uh, with crookshanks in it. it. Oh, bugger. I would have had either answer or both. This has been the Pottervision podcast. Please join us next week when we'll be on episode 41. We'll be on chapter 6 of The Prisoner of Azkaban, Talons and Tea Leaves. In the meantime, please get in touch with us. We're on pottervision.com and uh, we're also on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. Just search for Pottervision. You will find us. We're going on tour. We currently have 13 venues. Uh, We've just... uh, Well, I can't really announce this because it's not confirmed, but we've got another venue coming up soon. And um, we're going to be everywhere. Uh, Glasgow, Edinburgh, Newcastle, Manchester, Hull, Liverpool, Chorley, Brighton, Telford... Uh, somewhere else we're, we're going to be in a lot of places so come and find us we'll be at a venue near you and uh, if you want to get bonus episodes there are nine bonus episodes available and uh, key rings uh, posters stickers our 2019 live show recording is all on our Patreon and what you're doing most importantly if you support the Patreon you're supporting me and Luke because it helps pay for the podcast yes it does hosting fees Getting Lucas round here. <laughs> yeah, federal <laughs> money. Yeah, you know, the website costs money to run. The podcast costs money to run. So it all helps us. Keeps us doing it. Keeps this ship afloat. Mm. But if you can't support us there, just keep supporting us on here. Keep, keep listening. Keep listening and maybe tell a friend. Lovely. And give us a five-star review if you haven't already. We'll see you next week for Talons and Tea Leaves. You've been Tom Lawrenson. And you are Lucas Kirkby. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to the Potter Vision podcast. The music was performed by Jack Evans. You can contact us through our website, pottervision.com. And if you'd like bonus content and to support the show, you can visit patreon.com forward slash pottervision.